Blog Talk Radio. The Four Persons Inc. is a federally registered and licensed 501c3 charity. Any use of any of our content without our permission is prohibited by law. Our purpose is evangelization, education, and social action. Please go to our website at thefourpersons.com or our blog site at thefourpersons.net to make your tax-deductible donation by credit or debit card. You can also send a check to The Four Persons, Inc., P.O. Box 11214, Manassas, Virginia, 20113. To contact us, send us an email at email at thefourpersons.com. Now welcome to the Catholicism Rocks show brought to you by our friends at CatholicismRocks.com. This is our weekly show promoting the site built on the notion that there is nothing on earth better than being a Catholic. Good morning. There truly is nothing better than being a Catholic. Praise God. Good morning, everyone. My name is William Hemsworth. I'm a director over at Catholicism Rocks. Check us out at catholicismrocks.com. You're gonna find out. You're gonna find all kinds of cool things there. Uh, there's a forum if you have questions. Um, we can just have discussions with other like-minded Catholics. There's a section to ask a priest a question. Um, you can participate in our Rosary Challenge our spiritual adoption program. Um, you want to buy a rosary, you know, go for it. And we have great blog posts as well. Come over, see what we're doing over there. Again, the website is catholicismrocks.com. A lot of great stuff happening over there. A lot of great stuff happening here on the Four Persons Network as well. You know, we heard Brother Ken Litchfield yesterday. What a wealth of knowledge he is uh, later on today. Got another show coming up here on uh, the four persons. We're going to have a nice interview talking about natural family planning. Um, a lot of good stuff happening. I know that sounds redundant, but it's true. And if you enjoy what we're doing over here at Catholicism Rocks, consider donating to us. All donations are tax deductible as well. Well, my friends, today I want to talk about something kind of controversial in today's society. It's become highly politicized for whatever reason. Let's go and talk about it. Abortion. We all know someone who's gone through this. We do. Statistics are show, statistics show that. We know someone who has gone through that painful decision, if you will. Now, before I get into the topic of today's show, a couple disclaimers. 
when I've talked about this topic in the past, I've been told that I've been, my language wasn't, and quote unquote, condemning enough. We're not here to condemn. That's not what we should be about in regard to this topic. We don't know the circumstances of the individuals that made this decision. And yes, obviously, the church teaches that life begins at conception, and we are to protect life from conception to natural death. But people have made this choice. And yes, we believe that it's the wrong choice, 100%. But I want to say up front, it's not a time for condemnation to, on those individuals. We need to show them mercy. We need to show them compassion. We need to show them the love of Christ. So I just want to say that up front. All right. So this happens every day in our communities. I mean, every single day. Um, one statistic says that roughly 1,800 pregnancies are terminated are ended by abortion every day. And like that's a, that's a super conservative number. Um, many sources say it's closer to 3,000. Now, with the um, Supreme Court decision overturning Roe versus Wade, some states have gone, thankfully, have gone away. They've made the choice as a state to restrict abortion. And some states, you know, have the six-week, the heartbeat laws and all this stuff, and that's a, that's a great step. But this, this still happens. Where I live here in Arizona, we are one such state, but where I live here in Tucson, we have the one surgical abortion clinic in the state. And so there are women coming here from other states let alone, of course, all around Arizona, every Friday morning to terminate these pregnancies. So what I want to talk about today is actually what abortion is, uh, what the official church teaching is on it. Okay, and, and specifically one objection that's always thrown out. Are there any circumstances where an abortion may be needed to save the life of a mother? All right, I want to say on the onset again, life is precious. And it's something that must be protected from the beginning of life, which is conception, to natural death. All right, so abortion is the termination of a pregnancy uh, before the nine-month period is over. Time of gestation is over. Okay, so one of the questions that is crucial to this, are, this topic is when does life begin? If life begins at conception then life is there and must be protected. If life begins at some other point, as some of our pro-choice friends will say, then it stands the reason that terminating the pregnancy before that period is morally permissible. Okay, then there are those who are just unsure of when the baby, what they may say the fetus, which is another word for baby in Latin, but that's a whole other argument, when it becomes a living being. All right, so the church has always defended life from the beginning of the church. This is what the Didache says, quote, you shall not murder a child by abortion, nor kill that which is begotten. So 
this issue of abortion is not a new issue. It dates all the way back to the first century. Okay, it's an ongoing battle for the unborn. The Catechism says in paragraph um, 2271, since the first century, the church has affirmed the moral evil of every procured abortion. This teaching has not changed and remains unchangeable. Direct abortion, that is to say abortion willed either as an end or a means, is gravely contrary to the moral law. And so the church gets its teaching on the subject from sacred scripture as well as sacred tradition. Many places in scripture speak of God molding and creating life in the womb. What's conspicuous in its absence is any mention as to how many weeks of gestation life begins. Scripture makes it clear that it begins immediately. Life begins upon conception. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. If God knew us before the womb, it makes sense that he knew us when we were immediately placed into the womb. To know is to imply relationship. And you cannot have a relationship with something that is not alive. And so, since what they call the embryo is a person upon conception, I call it a baby, it must be defended as a person should be. And the church teaches that in paragraph 2274 in the catechism. So church teaching holds that abortion is intrinsically evil and is never justified. And the same can be said for many other things, such as rape, torture, euthanasia, kidnapping. Um, Even though the person may have the best intentions, it doesn't justify an act that moral law and revelation says is evil. It's never justified. This, This is because absolute truth and morality are incapable of being changed. They, they can't be changed. They can't be changed because someone now says it's okay. That's not how it works. In fact, St. Pope John Paul II in his great encyclical Veritatis Splendor in paragraph 81 says, if acts are intrinsically evil, a good intention or particular circumstances can diminish their evil, but they can't remove it. They remain irremediably evil acts per se and in themselves they are not capable of being ordered to God and to the good of the person now unfortunately in today's society some look at abortion as a basic human right that's I mean that's that's truly unfortunate opponents of church teaching give a variety of scenarios to support the need for it what if an abortion is needed to save the life of a mother What if the mother had uterine cancer and the only treatment was to remove the uterus and thus killing the child in the process? Now, I'll give these two examples. They sound extreme, but there are objections that are given quite a bit. Okay, There There are others, but I want to focus on those two. Now, when it comes to the life of the mother, there are many cases written about by world renowned doctors who say the opposite. In fact, Dr. Colin Malloy, she wrote a letter to the editor of the Chicago Sun-Times in 2009 stating, abortion performed to, quote-unquote, save a mother's life never is necessary. Never is necessary. 
The same article cites a statement by Ireland's Board of Obstetricians, which states, quote, there are no medical circumstances justifying direct abortion. That is, no circumstances in which the life of a mother may only be saved by directly terminating the life of her unborn child. Now, these are just two doctors, but there are many other doctors who say the same thing. Now, the word that sticks out very prominently in the last quotation I just gave you was the word directly. That word is given in many church documents when those documents discuss abortion. So it kind of comes down to a matter of intent. Was it the intent to destroy the child in the room, or was the death of the child a cause of something else? Now, in their book, uh, Life Issues, Medical Choices, the writers, one of them, which is a world-renowned uh, pro-life expert, Christopher Kazar, writes, quote, It is never moral, moral to intentionally kill an innocent human being in order to lower the likelihood of adverse effects for someone else. Let me repeat that again. It is never moral to intentionally kill an innocent human being in order to lower the likelihood of adverse effects for someone else. Now, this begs the question I asked a little earlier. What if a woman had uterine cancer and the only way to save the life is to remove the uterus? So this is very complicated and it's heart-wrenching. And I pray to God no one has to ever go through this. So to further complicate things, Let's say she has a husband and four other children at home. Heart-wrenching decision here, right? So she can forego treatment and die, and the, and the child in the womb may possibly live. Or she can have the treatment and live to take care of her four other children. If she were to choose the treatment in this case, it's not a direct attack on the child. Because it lacks intent. Her intent is to not kill the child. It's to get rid of uterine cancer. So why do I go over this scenario? Because this is a scenario that is oftentimes used to, by abortion supporters to justify this heinous act. That's why I do this. It's a, seriously, it's a, it's a matter of intent. And we're going to dive into it a little more here. In situations such as this, there's a principle called uh, double effect that becomes relevant here. So the reasoning for double effect requires the following four factors. One, the act itself is not evil. Two, the evil is not a means to a good. Three, the evil is not intended as an end. And four, there is a proportionate reason for allowing the evil effect. The first step is satisfied because having a hysterectomy is not evil for medical reasons. So in this case, mother has uterine cancer. She's getting a hysterectomy to remove the cancer. She's not doing it to intentionally kill the child. The second step is satisfied because the intent of the abortion is not there. It is not her intent to kill the baby. In cases like this, doctors wait until the baby is viable. So there's a greater probability of the baby living. The intent is not to kill the child. The mother would much rather give birth to her child. The third step is satisfied because the surgery that she had is not intended to end the life of the child. 
And again, the fourth step is satisfied because if she does not have the surgery, she will leave other four children without a mother. The intent is not to have an abortion to live, but to remove her uterus. Her uterus must be removed to destroy the cancer that will kill her if she does nothing. You see what I mean there? So abortion is never needed to save the life of the mother. In cases like this, the mother is choosing to remove the uterus. It's not the intent to kill the baby. Because they're waiting until the baby is at a viable term. So the chances of survival are better. It's not the intent to harm the baby. There's a, so there's an enormous difference between the two. It's the intent of the abortion that is intrinsically evil, according to Humana Vitae. So the scenario I gave is heartbreaking, and it does happen. But the moral teaching of the church deals with intent. Okay, so they need to get advice for the situation from spiritual director, priest, uh, physician. We need to remember that these situations are highly emotional, and there's a lot of pain and distress taking place. And the same goes for those who may have had an abortion in the past when they realize the mistake they made. And too often, we jump in and say, you know, start calling them murderers and everything else. And that's, that's not the way to go. We start doing that, defenses go up, we lose them. Be merciful. We live in a fallen world. We've all sinned. We all have some mortal sin that we've committed in the past. It's vital to not judge. We need to show mercy. Matthew chapter 5 verse 7 says, Our Lord said, in Matthew chapter 5 verse 7, Christ says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. We have been forgiven much, and we've been shown limitless mercy. It's important to reciprocate it to those who are hurting because of their past mistakes. We've all messed up. And no matter our past, we've, we're all made in the image of God. As such, we're called to show everyone the dignity and respect that being made in his image calls for. So let's live the Beatitudes. Show mercy. In Hebrew, showing mercy is being compassionate. Showing pity on another sorrow or misfortune. With desire to alleviate or on occasion even to suffer in the other's place. This is exactly what the Lord did for us when he suffered on the cross. So by giving these examples, it's not my intent to justify this evil. But to give you the church teaching. The church says abortion is wrong. It's evil. In fact, the bishops came out recently and said that it's the preeminent issue of our time. And they've done that pretty consistently over the past few years. Protecting life is what the church is about. We must protect life from conception to natural death. So I hope this uh, clarifies the teaching on this topic. Obviously, there's more that could be said about it. There's books written on it. So I want to give a few, I want to give some resources here. Oh, one other thing. We recently, in the United States, we recently had the March for Life in Washington, D.C. And every year, thousands and thousands of thousands, well, hundreds of thousands of people show up.
to support life. And that's a great thing. But I want to give a call to action today. Let's do those marches in states that are advocating for abortion up to birth. I'm not saying stop the March for Life in Washington, D.C. Continue that. Let's add another dimension. Instead of just saying we're pro-life, let's show we're pro-life. Support mothers in need. Donate to a local pregnancy crisis pregnancy center or volunteer. Let's put our, our words into action. Let's not just say we're pro-life. Let's show that we're pro-life. Let's help make abortion unimaginable. All right, guys. That's all I got for you today. Let's pray about this topic. Let's pray for an end. Uh, let's pray for an end to this this evil. Let's pray for life. Let's show life. Let's show mercy. Let's show compassion. Let's show the love of Christ to those who have made this mistake. Instead of calling them names, instead of condemning them, let's show them the mercy of Christ that you and I have been given today. All right, God bless you all. Visit our website, catholicismrocks.com, for a lot of great resources out there. Check out the forums. Question about this topic, ask it in the forums. We're going to get to you. All right, there's a, you can ask Father Ashley a question. He'll get back with you as soon as possible. So thank you for joining us. Guys, this is going to be an every week thing. So join me next week here on Catholicism Rocks. God bless you. I have got a BOGO sale that you do not want to miss. Can I give you a free year of the best health and fitness app on the planet? I'm Lacey Green, a super trainer with Body. That's B-O-D-I dot com. And I've got a story you have to hear. I had a client who came to me because she was really frustrated that every gym or trainer she tried made her feel bad because she was a beginner. She had tried it all. And she just felt humiliated. And that's when we started working together, and I took her through my three-week program called For Beginners Only. Once she realized that she wasn't the problem and that she just needed the right program, she started to get results, and now she's completely unstoppable and feeling so confident and I can do the same for you. On the Body app, subscribers lose 5 to 10 pounds consistently in their first month and I bet you will too. And right now with Body's BOGO sale, if you sign up for a one-year Body membership, they'll give you a second full year for free. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I.com. Again, that's B-O-D-I.com. Let's do this. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.